0: This is episode 494 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Paddock. Joining me me today is a special guest, Mike Pellucci, the sports editor of D Magazine. We're going to talk about bringing Suzuki to the Texas Rangers, what it's going to take for the Rangers to stop being so bad, all that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it.
1: You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are Locked On, the Texas Rangers. I'm here with the one, the only, the great Mike Pellucci of D Magazine, the sports czar, the um Dallas sports aficionado, the Italian soccer appreciator. How you doing, buddy? True.
1: Great intro. I feel feel like I've got a lot to live up to with an intro like that, man.
0: You know, I love giving those intros because it kind of sets the tone of like, oh my gosh, I got to bring it. And so maybe it means that I also have to bring it because I have such an exclusive guest. You know, you are um one of i've had a lot of guests actually lately you know i had zach kent rangers prospect on i had nice. uh, you know crossover episodes galore the great kennedy landry yeah. i'm also a british rangers fan so i mean we're just keeping this ball rolling who said november was a dead month for baseball no fight? sir
1: not on not on lockdown rangers man not at all
0: <laughs> i am trying to bring it as much as i can this is much better than last november where i just everything was just a hot mess which you know it was, it was the first fall of, of COVID. This is the second fall, you know, we're, 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 powering through and you know, the Rangers haven't signed anybody yet, but that doesn't mean there's nothing to talk about because there are a lot of people who they could sign and we would yep. like them to sign. But also I would like to say, thank you for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen of the day. Um, especially if you are a guy named Seiya Suzuki, my friend, Mike Pellucci, you wrote a fantastic article with a very modest proposal for the Rangers to sign a player because fun and Seiya suzuki is most definitely fun and i, I think he's even good um are you st- are you still hard on the Seiya suzuki bandwagon because i know you brought me on board and uh i am fully on this bandwagon of bringing him to texas
1: I, I listen uh so for those who have not read if you go to d and you go to you know d d magazine.com and you go to sports you can find all of our good coverage there uh including this Seiya suzuki piece and my thesis was this uh this team, I think we can safely say, even if they spend money, and I am optimistic they spend money, right? I am fully taking everybody at their word that they will spend it. But, this, you know, we, there's still some a ways between what we saw last year and an actual really good team. We need something to keep us entertained next year. It is a long year. Whether you are a Ranger fan, whether you're in the media like us, and you have to watch these games, you know, baseball season runs a long time. So... What can they do to keep us entertained year round, uh, beyond just you know give Carlos Correa every single penny that he wants? I would submit that a very, let's say feasible, right, uh, way to do this is to sign Say Suzuki. And why is that? Well, one, we we at least think he's good, right, based on what we've seen in Japan. You know, the the, the uh, NPB leader in WAR. With a total that would drastically eclipse any MLB player. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably know that not every player translates. Who knows how good he is, but he's probably reasonably good. But here's the real fun part here. It's not just that he's produced there. It's not just that he has a lot of raw tools. It's the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen if they sign say a Suzuki. I don't know. Bryce doesn't know. You don't know. And I want to know. I need to know. The mystery box can be anything, even a boat. If you're a family guy aficionado, my (laughs) thinking is this. If you really want a smart corner outfield signing, I'm a big Michael Conforto guy. They can do this. I think I know what Michael Conforto is going to give us, right? Uh, Us people consuming this product. I don't know what Suzuki is going to give me. And I will watch for months on end to try to find out. This is just only murders in the building, Texas Rangers edition, people. So it will be fun to find this out. Uh, because really a lot of what has been painful the last couple of years to actually consume this team for so many months on end is the fact that there wasn't really a lot of intrigue or interest or, you know, stuff we didn't know. There, this year was obviously better than last year in terms of more players coming up for the farm. Second half of the year, they're really pushing the youth movement. But I'm thinking particularly of 2020, which was just miserable because that team was bad, but that team, we knew every single thing about them. We knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what's gonna happen to say Suzuki. I kind of like the sound of that. I don't think there was another aspect too of if the rumored figures are to be believed and you're talking about somewhere between an 11 and 14 million annual salary, that is a reasonable swing to make uh, and if it doesn't work it's hardly gonna cripple your budget right this is this is not me saying give Robbie Ray 300 million and hope that all of the mechanical adjustments of the control changes stick uh, because there's only really from the whole, fun and intrigue aspects. There's only downside there. Either Robbie Ray performs like a Cy Young winner and you're happy or anything less and you're utterly miserable and you wonder why you spent the money. But saying Suzuki, there's a range of outcomes. He could be amazing and be a colossal bargain, but he doesn't have to be amazing to be worth 11 and a half, 12 million a year. He just has to be fun and new. And I'm all about that because again, when this team is losing to the fourth place team in the AL central in deep August, you're like, what am I watching for? Well, you know what? You might watch to see if you learn a little bit more about somebody new. And that is as good a reason as any. Honestly, that is a fantastic diatribe
0: and a fantastic sales <laughs> pitch. I mean, John Daniels Chris Young, if you're listening, like I I feel like we've made the case. Listen but listen to know. the
1: schmuck that you know that edits sports and has never played baseball in his life. Uh but, <laughs> but I you, mean, you know, you fun... played
0: baseball at least a little bit. I mean I mean, what, growing up as a kid, it, maybe it's been twenty years, but I mean, like, you know,
1: nothing, nothing super organized. Uh, But I do know I am a person and I'm a person who knows how I can be intrigued by things and I can be intrigued by not knowing what the hell is happening. That I feel like can be fairly universal. I feel confident as an expert of not knowing anything. I'm a real (laughs) expert in that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that is a universal appeal for a lot of people that you could hook them in with.
0: Yeah, uh, there's definitely a lot to be said for intrigue. There was not a whole lot of intrigue. I mean... Adoles Garcia was was intriguing. We didn't know a whole lot about him and, you know, figuring out what he was doing and how sustainable, I mean, what he did in the first half was going to be towards the back half. That was kind of something interesting to see. Um, There was a lot uh, to watch for in terms of Spencer Howard of like, what the heck is this? I have no idea. That is a lot of intrigue there. And uh, would Taylor Hearn be able to keep starting in this rotation? That was another thing that was definitely intriguing. But other than that, like there wasn't a whole lot. There's all these, these young guys that were kind of coming up, but... It felt like there was so little to be learned at the end of the season, which I th- I think I agree with you. It was one of the most frustrating parts. Not the losing, but, like, I'm, there's literally the same a salt game over there again. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, and, and to be serious from an actual baseball perspective here, like, look, there are a lot of reasons why, if nothing else, the floor is high. This is a guy who's very athletic. He's a multi-time gold glove winner. He can play center. He probably he can play a very, very good corner uh he most crucially if you because when you say Adolis Garcia there are probably some Ranger fans going oh I don't think we want more of that this guy's plate discipline is the exact opposite of Adolis Garcia's this is somebody who has walked more than he struck out in Japan it is uh, to me that is one of the first things I look for of uh, what will translate as plate discipline he has that he has athleticism when you have those two things it can only go so badly uh so there is legitimate, this isn't me just sitting here saying this guy is fun and let's see what the hell happens. It's, yeah, there's the intrigue aspect. From an actual baseball perspective, though, there's a reason a lot of teams will be knocking on his door. And the whole reason I wrote this piece is it's worth noting that John Morosi from MLB Network has listed Texas as one of the serious contenders here. This is not me just spitballing, even though I make jokes in the piece about how I gobble up any, you know, half-sourced rumor there is. There is actual reason to believe Texas is in on this. Uh and if you're going to make a bet, right, you know that this team's willing to spend, but how are you going to allocate your resources? Do you really want to spend big money on a corner outfielder right now when you figure they, they're going to cut a check for a shortstop? They kind of have to. I would say if you can get, say, a Suzuki for the number that we think they can get him for, that's a great investment, not just for all the stuff we've mentioned, but it allows you to allocate budget on starting pitching and on that shortstop, and those are, you know, equal if not more uh, of – priorities that even this is and the last thing too the guy's 27 so this is somebody who you know you signed to a four-year deal back half of that window you're expecting this team to be contending unless something went horribly wrong uh not only would he be in his prime at that point but you could probably get him keep him around another deal if it works out and he is the player you hope he is so there's a lot of long-term benefits beyond just my you know my tongue-in-cheek but not really tongue-in-cheek hey this is gonna be a long year let's entertain ourselves
0: Absolutely. And he would be a lot of entertainment and a lot of great reasons that you point out. But we're going to take a quick week. We come back. We're going to look at some of the other players we want the Rangers to sign, um, what this outfield might even look like next year, and uh, where Say Suzuki might push some other players if the Rangers end up signing him. Coming up, back to the story from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, I absolutely love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats, and there's plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. I know I do. And that's why I go to Built Bar for the best, the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something that's delicious and you can feel good about. I always feel good about eating Built Bars. They're delicious. They're good for you. They will fill you up. And uh, that is something that is what Thanksgiving is all about, is getting filled up and eating your fair share. And, uh, you know, sometimes more than your fair share. But if you want to be a little bit better this year, you can go, go get the built bar. Feel a little bit better about it. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat, high in protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Is the great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, you can go for a built bar or two. You know, it's it's always great. I feel like it always takes a little bit longer to get Thanksgiving lunch or dinner, or whatever meal you do for Thanksgiving. They always say, oh, it's gonna be ready. at, at noon or it's going to be ready at six and it's like an hour after you're like all right i thought you said this was going to be ready an hour ago my stomach is starting to digest itself i need something to tide me over just prepare ahead prepare ahead and get a built bar you know there's new surprises all month limited time flavors arriving at build.com regularly check the site often there's nothing like a built bar black friday so mark your calendar black friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to built.com, use promo code locked15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. And now back with my talk with Mike Pellucci. And we are back with the great, the wonderful, the legendary Mike Pellucci talking about today's talking about the Rangers offseason and who's the hope that the Rangers make to be interesting next year. And Suzuki. Really comes up there, at the very top. And you you mentioned something of like Rangers fans being like, oh, I don't know if I like if I want to do much of Adolis Garcia again next year. How? Who were they watching last year? Like, I know that he had infuriating strikeout rates and a com a bunch of other things. But this guy was dynamic, like deep, like defensive must-watch baseball. I don't think I've seen a player just be must-watch on defense in the outfield since i don't know it's been a long freaking time but like i understand his flaws but he was so much of the entertainment value towards the back half of that season and for the whole month of may when he just lit the entire yeah i mean the
1: the may the may experience was unreal i mean the thing with the dollies right you know it's so you know jamie newberg who writes for us over at d he and i had did like a little conversation piece last month and we were talking about him and he just threw out his hypothetical like do you try to trade him I don't think his value would be any higher to anybody else that it is in Texas. Because I think if you look at the monthly splits, it's pretty clear, you know, maybe he maybe he adjusts this year and builds off that first half success. But after May, it got ugly in a hurry. But this is still someone who has had a lot of team control in front of him. He is someone who is an all-star, right? Nobody can take that away from him. Say what you will about Adolis Garcia. This is an MLB all-star. And he is recognizable to this fan base at a time when there's not much that they can latch on to uh he is someone who absolutely as you alluded to a very good defensive outfielder someone who I, I compared him to when i was writing about him i wrote a eulogy for the rangers at the end of the year and i compared him i said he, he plays baseball like it's a slayer track right it's all loud and big and fast and i don't know how much is always underpinning those things but the dude hits bombs and he runs and he plays hard and he does fun things and again fun right this team gonna be that good next year you could, they're, they're even if they add a hundred million in payroll, they will not be that good next year. They need a little more time to you know to marinate. So this is a guy who, if nothing else, is a known commodity. He's fun. He will help you defensively in the outfield. He will certainly bring a power stroke. You can always hope the plate discipline gets a little better. Pushing thirty, I don't think it's coming. But where else are you going to get a cheap controller outfielder who people like and who can bring some things to the table? You know, even if he's just a guy who's a stopgap for another year or two that moves to a bench role, okay, that's fine. You're not getting anything for that that outweighs those intrinsic benefits to Texas. So whatever they bring in, I would expect to see him get plenty of play appearances next year because I just think he matters in a unique way to this team based off of what he did last year, even if what he did last year really was more about two months versus the full five or six.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree. And I I think there's not a whole lot of corner outfielders. I mean, the system is, is... Pretty deep. A lot of the talent is, you know, towards the lower levels. Obviously, Josh Young is going to be up, but there's not a whole lot of corner outfielders that are coming up in the next like one to two years. Like I love Bubba Thompson, but I think he's not going to be up next year. I think he's going to be in Triple A, and we'll see where that goes. Um, And I really love the hires they made it for a new bench coach and a new slash offensive coordinator slash new hitting instructor, and I think that could do a lot, work a lot of wonders with the Dulles and. You know, he, the two pitches that he hits very well are fastballs and sliders, and if you had to pick only two, for the modern MLB, like, that's that's a great two pitches to right. hit. And if he can figure out how to hit change-ups, that would also be nice. But I think, I don't know, would you put Seiya Se- Suzuki in left field and Adolis in right field? Because I think that would push, uh, you know, Willie Calhoun to DH, where I think that would be more fitting for him. Yeah. Um, But is is that kind of your construction for this outfield if they do sign Suzuki?
1: I mean, I would also, I would start by just seeing, you know, at least give him a shot at center and just see, Mm -hmm. I think he's a corner, but you might as well try it and see. I'm, I could go left and right. I could also, you know, it wouldn't, I think there's a much higher chance, even knowing nothing about say Suzuki right now, that if you sign him, he is probably playing in two years as a starting outfielder. And if, because of that, if you think, you know what, let's just get the guy in right field now and put Adoles to left, because Adoles Garcia might not be starting in two years or even one year, and you just want to get him, Suzuki, in his permanent home sooner than later, I'm not gonna argue with that. You know, uh again, you're switching corner outfields, it's not that big of a deal. I'm sure he could do it in a year or two with the kind of you know, with the kind of athlete he is. I do think whatever you do though, I think it's time to see if Willie can play DH. And by play DH, I mean can his bat consistently hit at the level you need for a DH. Um I think we're at that point. I know they, you know, they certainly talk up the work and the improvement he's made and left. And I I absolutely think he's better than he was a year or two ago, but he's never going to be a plus there, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. for him to be someone who has a real role on a contending team, he's got to be able to hit his way there. And why delay the inevitable? Just put him at DH, let him focus on just hitting and see where that takes him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, with with leodi hopefully taking another step next year, he's definitely going to be center field, <clears throat> like a dominant center fielder. And I, I still get so sad. Like one of the reasons that I get so sad that they traded Joey, of the the bazillion legitimate reasons, <laughs> um, is that they could have had three Gold Glove caliber like outfielders all there at the same time with the in left and Leota in center and Joey in right. Like that's just so much fun yeah, out there. Yeah. But, but there's a lot more, a lot more um, players to be signed. We're gonna take a quick quick break. We come back. We look at who we think realistically should be at the top of this Rangers budget for signing in the off season. And uh, I don't know wherever else the conversation takes us right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back in better than ever, a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot. Number one, not number two, not number three, number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to be- take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now, back to my talk with Mike Pellucci. And we are back with the illustrious, the eloquent, the informed, the, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm out of adjectives, the, the you, good writer You, you guy. dug deep in your bag, and I appreciate
1: it. <laughs> there, you you I used am. about seven more adjectives than I absolutely deserve. So. <laughs> uh, thank you, Bryce.
0: Strong disagree, you observe. You you deserve several adjectives, and <laughs> so do some of these potential free agents. You talked a lot about um, wanting to sign Carlos Correa. Now, uh, this morning, we're recording this on Thursday this morning, Carlos Correa was spotted having di- or breakfast, not dinner or lunch, the other meal um, that I should probably eat more than once a week um, with his former manager, AJ Hinch, who is now manager of the Detroit Tigers. And it seems very likely that uh, that would be a destination that uh, not only could use him, but has the money to sign him and that he might be willing to go to. But of these big guys, I know Corey Seager is at top of of my chart. Is Carlos Correa at the top of of your wish list for the Rangers offseason?
1: Yeah, and I'll probably write about it in the next few weeks. Uh, I just think he's someone who, I I won't begrudge you Seager at all. I think, and I'm not breaking ground here, I think that the main difference for me that I worry about is just defensive value. Uh, I think Correa has consistently shown, even somebody who came into the league, he's a big guy, he's 6'4", I think he was someone who, when he was younger, people thought would eventually play third, but he keeps mm-hmm. taking steps as a defender, and he had a heck of a year defensively this year. He also has a great arm that can kind of help him make up for some range, you know, limitations. I think Seeger is, you know, I've seen him graded as more of a 45 at shortstop, and I think that's about right. And if you believe in Josh Young... Uh, I do. Yeah, I, I do as well. Then if Corey Seeger has to move, where do you move him to? Um, I'm not going to argue at all with Corey Seager. I think he's a great hitter. I think Correa, though. I mean, I, we have a pretty clear baseline on what Correa is. When Correa is healthy, to me, they, we are talking about the best non non uh, non-to-tease shortstop in the game, along with Trey Turner. Now, he has been banged up, certainly, but so is Corey Seager. Um, so tomato, tomato. You can argue, you know, you could argue either way. For me, I think it is very much uh, a game of tiers. Of those two, are in the top tier think you go down, you have Trevor Story. Then you go down a little bit below that. And then you're in the zone of, I don't want to commit money to Marcus Simeon or Javier Baez. Marcus Simeon, because he's 32, and I just don't know what he's going to be when this team is really ready to contend. Javier Baez, because everything about him scares me. I want no part of that going into his 30s. The guy doesn't have plate discipline. Bat speed's the first thing to go when you get to that point. He wasn't really that great this year. Super fun player to watch, uh, but essentially in some ways it's kind of your high, high-end uh, Adolis Garcia of staggeringly high highs, crippling low, cripplingly low lows, and I just don't think you can bank on that guy in your 30s. So to me, it's one of the top two, or maybe Trevor Story. I think it will most likely be Trevor Story, uh, and that is hardly a bad outcome because you know we can all play the game of how good will he be outside of course. I don't think any of us totally know, But the number is not going to be prohibitively bad for a guy going into his age 29 season. And there are no shortstops in this system that are at all close. So good by me, if that's what happens. I would love for it to be Correa or Seager, but I don't think anybody should be upset if it's Trevor's story. And if it is Simeon or uh, Baez, then I think you get a little concerned. I do think Simeon will have another couple of very good years. He's a heck of a player. But. Yeah, I, I don't see
0: him I don't see him going anywhere besides back to like Toronto. I feel like that makes the most sense of them to pay him and you know try and bring him back. Maybe I mean it's gonna be tough what? for them to try and do him and Robbie Ray. Um, but the question is if you bring in one of those guys who you think is gonna move like Corey Seager or even possibly Story. I'm I'm not sure how long Trevor Story is gonna stay at uh, shortstop. That's fair. And the question is with Josh Young, I think he's pretty much locked up third base job for next year. I don't think there's gonna be any question that he's gonna be the opening day starting third baseman, but you could move him to second base because there's not a whole lot of confidence there in second base. Um, and you keep IKF it's, it's how do you feel about IKF versus, um, Andy Ibanez or Nick Solak at uh, second base. And so that's my question to you. Would you rather have, uh, Isaiah Connor Filippa playing his goal club caliber shortstop defense and then move
1: Trevor Story or um, Corey Seager over to second base. Yeah, I mean, it's I would not default to moving one of those guys. And I don't think they're going to default to saying yes to that unless two of them come here. You know, I, I think if you sign, let's say, if they get wild and they sign Trevor Story and Corey Seager, and I don't expect that. That would be I think wild. That would be insane. I, at that point, I think one of them would get it. Uh, I don't think one of them is going to come here to play second base for Isaiah kainer No disrespect, because Isaiah kainer is a fantastic defender. Uh, so to me, I would, A, I don't think it's really a scenario that is terribly likely. But even if it were, I've just seen what Isaiah Kainer-Falefa is. I am of the mind that he is going to be a very good role player on a good team. Uh, he could play defensively anywhere. We've seen the bat, and I just don't think it's necessarily going to get there. Whereas... I would like to see more of Nick Solak, and I would like to see more of Andy Abadias, uh, and try them at second. You know, Nick Solak was someone who, when he came back up, looked a lot better. He's a guy who traditionally had hit at every level, super high intangibles, man. I mean, you know this, but people in the game talk about that guy. Like he is just walking on water. They, everybody loves Nick Solak, raves about Nick Solak. I think he's someone who has the makeup to make adjustments. I would absolutely see if he can. Um, Andy Ibanez is always intrigued to everybody for the fact that he has hit in the lower levels, uh, and even in the upper levels of minors, but as an older player. But I would say try, whereas I just think, you know, and maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, Isaiah kind of fluff has gotten as far as he has by proving people wrong. So maybe the bat does come along, but I just don't think we have a lot of evidence for that to happen, right? When he played catcher, it was, well, I'm catching. I'm not really supposed to be doing this. Wait till I play an infield position. And to his credit, he's done a marvelous job shifting back to the infield. There is nothing anybody can question about what he does defensively. But the bat hasn't changed, you know? And this is someone going into his late 20s. I just don't see that as a regular on a really good team. And I don't know if Solak or Banez will be either, but I think we have more room to kind of find out at the plate. And I would give them plate appearances to sort of sink or swim.
0: Yeah, I th- I think you're definitely right on that, and there are there are a lot more um, you know second base prospects I think in this system than that are you know itching to, to get up than there are shortstop guys that are they're itching to get, to get up. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, I'd say Mike Fultinevich. Why did I say that? No, Justin Foscue,
1: <laughs> Justin Foscue, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Duran, um, mm-hmm. Trevor whose name I'm forgetting. Who came Trevor Hoover? There's a mm-hmm. lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, that's the point I would even get to, and you're totally right. There are players in the system who profile a second baseman. And so I would not try to lock, I would not try to block that position. Um, and that's another reason why if we're thinking about who stays short, uh, you know, I, I would like, I, I feel more confident in Correa doing that and doing that for the long haul versus any of these second baseman playing short I guess you know I mean you talk about a shortstop in the system Josh Smith is probably your best bet to come along fairly soon but I don't think anybody profiles Josh Smith as a game-changing player Uh, probably a solid regular it's it's the hope that you're going for and at shortstop that's not a bad thing at all but there's legitimate hope that a Justin Foscue or an Ezekiel Durant can really hit and I think you want to keep the lane open for those guys to do that because I don't know where else either of those guys play
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think of, of guys that are the next shortstop coming up, it's Luis Angel Acuna and uh, Maximo Acosta, both years, of them. Years, years. You know, it's going to be quite a few years. And I think, I guess if they can hold on to it for, I mean, I think all those guys can at least play shortstop, all the, the big three um, that is for at least another three years. I don't yeah. think it'll be, you know, four years before Acuna is ready. Maybe it will be for Acosta. I don't think it'll be that, that long. Like, but still, um, I guess I talked myself out of it anyway.
1: Uh, I'm,
0: I'm wanting to move those out <laughs> yeah, way to I mean, go you have convinced me of my own, my own wrongness I appreciate that <laughs> well
1: you know I'm, I'm I'm here to serve Bryce but I, I think ultimately these guys you have to assume even if we sit here and say Corey Seeger might not be a shortstop forever like you said one there isn't an alternative in the system who really is ready and two just the nature of these guys stature if you sign one of those three players they walk in and they're the best player on the team and those yeah. guys it then it becomes a conversation that's bigger than just defensive value right you look at in, you know, you look at the Angels, they are going to have the conversation internally, I'm sure, of, should Brandon Marsh be the center fielder and Mike Trout be the right fielder? Well, okay, that's 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 all well and good. Are you sure Mike Trout's down for that? And, you know, these guys are not quite Trout level, of course, but you are talking about elite players. Uh, those types of players, if they want to play short and you don't have a great alternative or great reason to sell them on moving, they're going to play short. And their paycheck says that, and their stature says that, and this team is nowhere near at a point. This isn't the Dodgers who can tell Trey Turner, that's all well and good, you're playing second baseman. Because that's a team that has enough talent that Trey Turner will do that, and everybody gets it. I don't think, you know, I'm not, please take it. this in the appropriate context. It's just not me saying that any of these guys are difficult or that any of them wouldn't do it or be team players. But it's just the reality of the situation, you know? Telling a guy making $25 million or $30 million a year, hey, Josh, Smith, Josh Smith's ready, how do you feel about playing second base? We'll see how that goes. <laughs> just, I don't think it's going to go super well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're Wander Franco or um right. I mean, yeah, even, even when like, I mean, think about when when Ian Kinsler was here and they were asking him to move to first base for a guy who was like universally the number one prospect, the next big thing, yeah. um, Jerickson Profar. It didn't didn't go well. No, and, these are um, these
1: are established guys, you know. So you you're assuming again the only scenarios if you sign two of them, you know, and then. I think at that point they would get it. Of, if they're on the same page about we both are willing to play here, they know someone's gonna move. It'll be the whole ethos of we're building something together because that's those are peers respecting each other. Uh, when it's one of them, they are you know you are wooing them to say you are the guy. He will be our shortstop for the next four, five, six, however many years this is gonna be. So I think we assume if you sign Corey Seager, okay, let's, let's let any of the if even when there are defensive flubs, just let it go. He's not moving off short, all right? We can sit here. and We can get angry on the internet. But I guarantee you, if you're in this thing, you're going, why is Corey Seager playing shortstop? Uh, well, it's not changing anytime soon. So just deal with it and enjoy the at-bats.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, there, it's not just the offense that needs a little bit of, of pick-me-up. i say there are at least two, maybe three positions to be signed mm-hmm. um, for the starting rotation. So I'm going to give you your pick. I'll, I'll let you pick two of these free agent pitchers um, that you would want. And then I will pick my two. And then we'll okay. argue about who is
1: right. All right, I, lo- I love arguing. Let's go. <laughs> All
0: right, uh, I guess I'm I'm literally just leaving it. Leave it up for anybody who hasn't signed yet. Um, anybody who is a free agent. So not Eduardo Rodriguez, not uh, Justin Verlander, and uh, I, I think I think that's it. I think. Or, uh, yeah. Not um, yeah, yeah, Thor yeah, yeah. as well.
1: Thor, right? Um, who totally would be in the conversation for me. Um, mm-hmm. I say this not having the full list pulled up in front of me. Uh, so this is. I can I can give
0: you like a top a top six if you want. I, I've got a, a list right yeah, here. Yeah, I mean I have There's... most of the names in
1: my head, but I might forget someone. So run me down like six or seven, just so All I right. can make sure I have this right.
0: Max Scherzer, Kevin Gossman, Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw, Robbie Ray, uh, Marcus Stroman, Alex Cobb, Anthony Desclafani, John Gray. Um...
1: That's pretty much it. Yeah. Got. It. Uh, I'm gonna start with the big name, which it's bigger than just performance. They should sign Kershaw. Make this the year. Make this happen. Uh, again, you know, why, but I'm, I'm thinking big picture here, right? Let's say a Suzuki thing. Why would you sign Clayton Kershaw if the elbow was barking and he has a lot of miles on him? Well, one, I think we've seen even Clayton Kershaw not at the peak of his powers is still a damn good pitcher. But this is bigger. This team has to get people to care. What are you going to get them to care with? There is nothing bigger. Even if you sign Carlos Correa, there's nothing culturally that will be bigger than getting Clayton Kershaw to come home. Uh, I think you need... I think there is something to... Yeah, he's not going to be here forever. This is probably a two-year deal. Maybe three. Maybe it takes three years to get him. I don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But my thought process is he is going to make them more relevant and that absolutely matters. But he is also... Look, there is something, too. You don't want a bunch of kids in the rotation. Maybe that works. Sometimes that works, you know? I, I think we all like the idea of let's stock the farm on the rotation at the same time. Let's get you know, the Texas version of what Miami is doing, for instance, with all of those young arms down there. Or let's, you know, Mm. you want to run it back to a a much older AL comparison. You want to, you know, you think about those great A's teams with Mulder and Zito and Hudson years ago, stuff like that. That's all well and good, but most really good rotations have some veteran presence. And I do think there is something to having a Clayton Kershaw in your clubhouse when it's a bunch of kids in the rotation and most of the kids who who are there right now are on the borderline, Right. This isn't, this isn't the Jack Leiter or Cole Wynn wave of you're expecting this to be your 1-2 or your 2-3 forever. These are guys who I think Dane Dunning is a safe fourth starter, maybe a little more. Everybody else you have no idea. And if you don't know and you have a bunch of guys who could go either way and you're going to have a lot of those pitchers in your rotation, why not give them every chance to succeed? And I think part of that is having the best pitcher of his generation in your clubhouse talking to these kids, you know, and being a face of this rebuild and showing that yeah, I know how to win games. And again, this stuff, it seems hokey, right? You know, winning games and medal and all that stuff. But it is real to a point. So I think culturally for Kershaw, I think it would be a statement of intent from this team. I think it would absolutely be a thing that for an ownership group and a front office that has a lot of people, uh, a lot, especially a lot of more casual fans who just think the worst of them, mm-hmm. um, a very easy way to fix some of that is to sign Clayton Kershaw. Because I'm of the mind that I think, especially since Chris Young has come along, I think almost everything they've done the last year, I've agreed with. Not all of it's worked, but you know, you, you have like a David Dahl signing that doesn't pan out, whatever. It's exactly mm-hmm. the sort of movie you should make. I think they're making the moves they should make. They're hiring the people they should hire. I think there's every bit of reason if you're paying attention the way that we are. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably pay attention to the Rangers. So you probably know what I'm talking about. There's every mm-hmm. bit of reason to believe that they are on the right track and good things are coming. But- that's only one segment of the fan base. And a really easy way to get the whole fan base and the whole city talking about you is to get the the most accomplished Texas pitcher since Roger Clemens to pitch here. It's really that simple, right? If if Clayton Kershaw comes here, people will pay attention. And this is a team that is very, right now, for the foreseeable future, unless they do drastic things, this is the third most visible team in the market, right? The Cowboys are winning. The Cowboys, even when they're bad, are always number one, but the Cowboys are really good. Then you have Luka Doncic playing for the Mavericks. The Rangers are jostling with the stars right now to be that third team in the market. Well, signing Clayton Kershaw gets people talking about you. So Kershaw's my one. I And here's the other aspect of this, and this is why I'm pairing these guys together. I'm very intrigued, and I've always been intrigued by Carlos Redon. Um If you don't sign Clayton Kershaw, Carlos Rodon becomes more appealing to me because as a pure upside play, I think we kind of know the deal of if the VLO is up, This guy is scary, but he hasn't pitched a lot innings over his career. He is someone whose body, you know, his arm health is really waxed and waned. It's funny, years ago for a website called Sports on Earth, uh, I wrote a piece when he was in college with Trey Turner at NC State, and I wrote about how essentially how they used him was NCAA exploitation. That was taking a kid. They needed that manager at the time was on the bubble for his job, The Wolfpack were supposed to be a really good team, and they were on the NCAA tournament bubble. They pitched the hell out of that guy in his junior year. And I Mm -hmm. was just like, look, this kid's not getting paid. He is going to be – he going at that time, everybody thought he'd be the top pick of the draft. He still went top three. Uh, I think he was top three, right? Definitely top five. But Mm -hmm. I was saying at the time, I was like, look, this is not good. This could hurt his pro future. And I don't – Third overall, by the way. Third overall. There you go. Mm -hmm. And we have no way to know how many of those innings directly correlated to any injury problems he had right pitching's weird we none of us know anything when it comes to pitching but that kid Mm -hmm. got worked to the bone um but anyways my point is that i've been intrigued by him for years and years and years he has absolutely nasty stuff when he is operating peak capacity we just haven't seen that enough i think that's a gamble you take if you don't sign another lefty with some injury issues in kershaw if you do sign Clayton kershaw i think the other guy that i would sign is marcus stroman uh I think you know exactly what You take you're taking all of my picks. <laughs>
0: oh, we agree? Uh, you say, know what Marcus Stroman say, is? I'm giving you your 2. You get you get Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw cuz Marcus Stroman is my next guy. I'm like, all right,
1: I'm you I my official recommendation is Kershaw and Stroman. Uh Okay. Because Stroman, you know what you're getting. I think he's the safest thing on the market other than Scherzer. And Scherzer really doesn't make sense, right? Like, Kershaw only there's makes no, sense. There's no way Scherzer's signing here. Like, He's not signing here no anyway. It makes no sense, though. Strowman, though, you know what Strowman is. Strowman is a solid third, maybe second starter, gets a ton of ground balls, um, competes, racks up innings, uh, brings it every time out. That's what you need. The key thing here is racks up innings. You can't mm-hmm. assume Clayton Kershaw will. You cannot assume that any starting pitcher coming back to this rotation will do that. I'm pretty confident in Dane Dunning, but we don't know. Marcus Stroman will get you 150, 160 innings. You know, we, we aren't into the days anymore of a guaranteed 200, but I feel good saying 150, 160, and probably a little more. So, uh, and he's still young enough to be pitching for several more years when this team is good. So I think Stroman would make a whole lot of sense for this team. He also uh, gives them a lot of swagger, you know, it gives them a personality. This team could use some personality. Uh, so I think Stroman and Kershaw, you have your upside play in Kershaw. Of On his best day, he's still your ace. He is the face of your rotation. But Strowman's going to be the guy doing the, you know, let's do a little rhyming. Strowman will do the yeoman work. Strowman will be out there <laughs> every fifth day soaking up innings. Um, and you need that because you can't rely on any of the young guys just yet. So, Strowman and Kershaw, lock it in.
0: Well, you already made the case for Carlos Rodon, which is which is my my number one guy. I wanted him okay. so badly last year. I've wanted him for a long, long time. He, I I thought they might go get him last year, but they didn't. Um, and I'm surprised that he was, you know, wasn't given the, uh, the, uh, qualifying offer this year. I was absolutely shocking to me with his first all-star season and just a fantastic year, like, I mean, but down the stretch,
1: they couldn't count on, right. They just, they could barely use it on stretch. Maybe it was, Hey, and I mean, and there's the red flag, right? This was a guy who was on a one-year deal. And if you, they had every reason to run him into the ground because cynically, that is true. If this isn't a guy in a long term deal anymore, this wasn't the guy who was there when he's 24 and he was your long term investment. This was his last shot there. It was his make it or break it year in Chicago. He goes through the all, he makes an all star team. He looks phenomenal in the first half. They have every reason with the rotation depth and no financial commitment and a team pushing for the playoffs to run him into the ground and say, you know what, if your arm barks again, it's somebody else's problem next year. And they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it because he wasn't healthy enough and they didn't trust him. If they trusted that he could pitch like what he did in the first half with no financial commitment to him, they would have thrown him out there and not worried for a second about it. And they didn't. And that is more than a little scary to me.
0: No, I think he's still absolutely worth the upside swing. I mean, yeah, yeah. this is my this is my Clayton Kershaw-ish swing. And uh, for the other guy, there's a guy who's a, a very weird last name uh, but again my last name is patrick so you know who am i to talk about? anthony yeah exactly anthony descafani tony disco is, baby Mm-hmm. yeah had a fantastic season, by far his best year with the san francisco giants who uh, are, are good at doing a little thing the rangers do of finding these guys kind of a little bit on the scrap pile, scrap pile and turning them around yeah um, i bet i'd imagine that they'd try and sign him to at least a couple year deal um but you know, who knows? He is going to be 32 next year. He had a 317 ERA in 167.2 innings, uh, which is always weird to me that they write it as point two, Like, it makes sense, but, yeah, like, but technically yeah, yeah. it's .6667, but I, I kind of like that um, a little bit better. But a guy who I feel confident in, he has thrown over 100 innings uh Every year that there's been a full season since uh, 2015, actually he missed 2017. But since then, you know, he threw 115 innings coming back um, from missing the 2017 season. Um, he pitched 166 innings to Only pitched 30 innings last year or uh, 2020. I don't know, is that still technically? La- it's technically last year, not the last season. Right, um, right, 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 right. But then nearly 170 innings this year. I feel good about it. I feel like he's solid, and if he might, he's going to be one of the like, I don't know, B or C tier. Um, guys, he's not going to be, you know, getting the Robbie Ray or Max Scherzer interest. So I feel like if you go hard in on him, then you might be able to get him if you lock him up to a multi-year deal. And if you believe in the work that San Francisco did with him, then, uh, I'm, I'm in on that. So uh, Anthony Descofani and Carlos Rodon, those are my two. I'm not even going to argue. I, I think your your picks are much better because those were two of my first But I was guys, going to so.
1: say, I could see yours being a lot more likely than mine, right? If they spend mm-hmm. top-of-the-market money on a shortstop, if they go for, a, say, a Suzuki or a Conforto, uh, they might not. I don't know what their budget is. We don't know what their budget is. But those two guys and a Kershaw and a Stroman, that's a lot. I don't think you, – you said I could pick anybody, so I picked. But – I think it could be a lot more likely to see a Rodon and to see a de here. And, you know, the nice part about D. too, you know, you talk about the Giants bringing him back. Well, they're going to have their hands full trying to get Kevin Gausman back. I would assume that is who they want to sign first. Yeah. So maybe D. is someone who slips through the cracks a little bit on their end, you know? I think, I think for the money, I, I definitely agree that in terms of value, it's hard to think of something much better because this is a guy who, like you said, he's gone out there, he's pitched well. He had some real success in Cincinnati also before he got hurt. You could see that guy being on the Rangers' right price. It could be a combination of our list, right? It could be a mm-hmm. Kershaw and a Di Sclafani. could be a Stroman and a Di uh, You know, it could be a Stroman and a Rodon. I mean, I think if you're talking about who's making the most money, I feel like uh, it's a little weird because Kershaw is getting a short term in all likelihood. But mm-hmm. Kershaw, in terms of average annual value, I would say my two guys are more expensive than yours. So maybe it's one from each of our lists and a corner outfielder and a shortstop. And just, they go they go hard and they fill the shopping cart. You know, that versus, I just, I don't think they could get both of those pitchers and a corner outfielder and one of the top three shortstops. That feels a little rich in my blood. I shouldn't say yeah. can't because, you know, you can. It's baseball, you can spend mean, the money you want. You, I just don't see a, that,
0: huh? I mean, you add $100 million of payroll to this this team and they'd be right about average in major league spending. I right. Think. Um, but I, I think they get two, like at least one, I think they get one big pitcher one like medium pitcher, and then one of these guys like kind of off the scrap pile, so to speak. Um, and Dylan yeah. Bundy, I think, is my guy for that. Um, I talked with a couple of Asian, Angels guys who said they just just couldn't find a release point. He's still, you know, he's going to be twenty nine next season. He's got a lot of that, you know, former top prospect swag on him. He was a former fourth overall pick. Um, They're great in twenty twenty.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. the the key and he's
0: a, oh, from Oklahoma too, so kind of local.
1: One of the one of the all time great high school pitchers he was a monster you talk about a kid who got burned out in high school oh my god that the workload he had i think it's an intriguing bet right i mean the the trick is gonna be with him he's not the dude who came up before all the arm surgeries he's the guy who now you know when he was really working it in 2020 it's a lot more secondaries there's a lot more of location uh and he was throwing strikes but when you run on that velo there's not much to fall back on you know you have to be perfect and you have to be you know, you have really, especially for a strike thrower, you know, who isn't just getting ground balls or something, which he's not, he is a strike thrower when he's going well. So yeah. I mean, if the mechanics are off, he's got nothing because he can't just get by on velo or anything close to that. He's got to be able to locate. Um, so I guess, I don't know, what are your, what sort of term are you imagining that they give a Dylan Bundy in this scenario?
0: Um, someone like him, like he's not, I, he's one of my, my top ones for this. there's There's a couple other guys, um, maybe Jose Quintana. Um, Maybe Chichi e. Gonzalez, um, just because... No, know, we're, we're not there, doing so. that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, we've um, seen that I movie. Think be, I think it'd be about a two-year deal, something in the range of um, what they what they gave to... Um, who am I thinking of? Who is... Jordan Lyles. Um, yeah, something yeah. kind of like along the lines of that kind of a deal. A guy who had a bad season, who they think still has something in there, and that they can find it and turn it around, and make him, you know, definitely not... Where they thought he would be when he was drafted out of high school, but you know, a solid, serviceable pitcher, and they've done that a couple of times. Hasn't worked every time, obviously. For every Lance Lynn, there is a Jordan Lyles, for every uh Kyle Gibson, there is a Mike Fulty Like, yeah, but I think I think it's worth a shot though, because well, I think need like somebody to eat innings too,
1: yeah. And I think that especially with that sort of pitcher, you're probably that probably also drafts a little bit off of what you're doing on the top end of your pitching market if you're going more for an upside of the rodon then a Jose Quintana makes sense because Jose Quintana is pretty boring. Even when he was very good, he was kind of boring. Now he's just mediocre and boring, but that guy will put up your innings. You know, he, he. that's what he does. Versus a Bundy, it's a little more risk-reward ratio. If you are going safer with, let's say, Stroman and Discovani, then sure, make the third signing someone who could do something different. Um, but at that point, yeah, I mean, you can only... With the terms that those guys are going to get, it can only go so badly. Jordan Lyles is mediocre, whatever. Jordan Lyles, that money ain't going to kill you on a team that supposedly is ramping its payroll back up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Lyles also provided 180 innings, which is valuable in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. But- I think we have hit on all the points that I that I wanted to hit on today. Uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm for Suzuki and bringing him to the forefront of my consciousness. <laughs> uh, Mike Pellucci, where can the fine folks listening to Locked On Rangers or watching Locked On Rangers on YouTube find you and your work?
1: Well, you can see the, the Twitter handle right there, uh, which always helps. Uh, but D Magazine, I am the sports editor. I am writing all the time there as well. So you go to dmagazine.com, you go to sports. We are doing awesome work. If you're a Ranger fan, you know who Jamie Newberg is. You don't need me to tell you who Jamie Newberg is. So he and I are who, writing Ranger stuff there.
0: I've, I've never heard of him. Never heard of him.
1: Never heard of him. Uh <laughs> so Jamie has an awesome piece up this week uh about just what you know, what should you care about from the Arizona Fall League, which really boils down to Owen White and Ezekiel Duran and you know has some quotes in there from you know Rangers personnel about what they've done and why they're so excited about him. Uh, but we're doing all kinds of things, you know, all the big sports, some of the stuff that's not even big sports, colleges. We have an awesome feature on the site today about SMU and the inflection point they're out with Sonny Dykes about, is this, you know, the beginning of something or the end of something if he gets poached, or doesn't get poached. Uh, so it's good. You know, it, you, if you're, if you like sports, you're going to like us, you know, read the athletic, read the papers, read us too. That's all I'm going to tell you. So dmagazine.com sports. That's what we do. It's called strong side. We think you'll have a good time
0: absolutely well thank you so much for making time to come on the show uh everybody go read mike pelucci read d magazine and go follow him on twitter and all of that good stuff but that's going to do it for this edition of locked on rangers And until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball